want to be a little bit vulnerable this morning and tell you about a thing that goes on at our house. Well, it hasn't gone on for a, a little while, but I'm letting you in on a big secret. Sometimes in our house, in our kitchen, I can be closing uh, the cupboard doors and drawers with a little bit more conviction than usual. And Mike's will notice, and that's great. And he will cautiously proceed to ask, What's wrong, honey? To which I used to answer, Nothing. Anyone been there? Anyone? Yep, all the ladies in the house. And he would ask me a few times, and I'd answer the same way, and he'd go, Okay, and walk away. Men. It was not exactly the reaction I'd be hoping for. I'd be hoping for this beautiful, in-depth conversation full of love and kindness and marital bliss. And it became a bit of a pattern. And he decided to draw a line in the sand. He'd ask once, and I'd say, nothing. And he'd ask twice, and I'd say, nothing. And he'd answer, ask the third time. And if I'd still said nothing, he was going to walk away. And he told me that. I'm going to give you three chances. If you say nothing three times, that's it. Then I'm going to believe you that nothing is wrong and I'm going to walk away. (gasps) Now, just before you ponder his greatness and amazingness, there's times when he'd be grumpy. And I would ask him, are you all right? And he'd say, no, everything is wrong. I'd go, whoa. Everything. Like, that's a lot. (laughs) Right? Everything. That's like all-encompassing. And so I'd get offended because I am part of his everything. And so this morning, I want to talk about the way we talk. And I want to talk about the way we ask for help. Because we all need help. And the way that we ask affects things. In every cupboard door slam, I was asking for help, but going about it completely the wrong way. And with every grumpy, slumpy wander around the house, he was asking for help, but going about it in the wrong way as well. How do you ask for help? I also found that the way I asked for help was often after the fact. It was usually about something that Mike didn't do. And the same for him. It, was, it happened afterwards. And this is important because the patterns that we develop communicating with humans is often the same way we approach the Lord about things. And sometimes we take the nothing approach and we get cranky with God because of something he didn't do, even though we never spoke about it. Then there's the God, everything is wrong! Wow. When Michael says that everything is wrong, like I'm just like completely blown away. Like we're the absolute opposites. With me, nothing is wrong. With him, everything is wrong. And uh, it's just, uh, it's funny how God pits opposite people together. And sometimes we go to God in the most catastrophized state and we can't think clearly and we don't even know what's wrong. And he gives us his peace and we're comforted. But here's my point this morning. What happens next? How do we grow? We've gone to God and we've accepted his peace, which is amazing. And we do it and he offers that and that's incredible. And we, he comforts us and he, and he gives us peace. But how do we get to the next step of growing? How do we move past it? 
How do we stop slamming the cupboard doors or wandering around the house aimlessly with a grumpy look on our face? There's two extremes. Nothing is wrong. Everything is wrong. But that's not the everyday. How do we diagnose our areas of growth in the Lord daily when the genericness of our lives is often defined by extremes? How do we accept God to move in our daily lives if the everyday isn't really important enough to us? Often we live from an event to an event to an event to an event and the everyday becomes meh. You know the way I was talking earlier, that doesn't really happen anymore. Mike and I don't communicate on that level anymore because as you know, relationships don't work very well that way. Uh, so if, uh, if, if we were still slumpy grumping or, or, or slamming cupboard doors with conviction after 18 years of knowing each other, then something is really dreadfully wrong. And it's taken hours of talking through things, of digging a bit deeper, of trying to get to the bottom of it, of recognising patterns of behaviour in each other and working it out. And it's the same with our relationship to God. If we just come to him so that he can fix everything or our nothings, then our relationship doesn't really go that deep. We can keep throwing tantrums at the Lord and he will love us and he will listen to us. But there's an easier way if we can just grow past that. How do we grow past that point? We're supposed to grow as Christians. We are supposed to become the person that Christ wants us to become more and more. We are supposed to be pruned, the Bible says. We're supposed to be corrected, the Bible says. Uh, To be refined, to be victorious. We are supposed to be grafted in and planted and nourished and healthy Christians. But sometimes we get stuck on the silly stuff. There are many relationships that have been cut off far too short because they've never moved past the slamming doors and the slumpy, grumpy stages. And we really need to learn how to communicate. We need to learn how to communicate with each other, to recognise our own patterns of communication and how to communicate with God because he wants to communicate with us and he wants us to grow. In Philippians, I think this is the book of attitudes in the New Testament. The whole of Philippians is about our attitude and it's beautiful. And in Philippians chapter 4 verse 6, it says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And we all know that prayer is talking to God. Tell God what you need. But sometimes we don't know what we need. I think that's a really important part of growing, is understanding what it is that we need from God and then telling him, God, I need your grace. God, I need your forgiveness. God, I need you to hurt something that is, I need you to heal some deep hurt that is way, 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 way back in my past. I need you to heal that. God, I have an issue with this. God, I have this particular sin. God, I have trouble focusing. When I was young, I used to start praying and then my mind would just wander. Like 10 seconds after I started. And so I started, don't laugh, I started writing my prayers down because it would help me to be focused. 
And I would pray, Holy Spirit, please, will you help me to do this? God, I need your enabling in order to be able to do this. And I think that sometimes we've become so generic in everything that we've actually forgotten how to ask for things. The human race, we're very proud of being independent. We're very proud of, I can do that on my own. And we've forgotten to ask for help. And we forget to ask each other for help because we don't want to admit our own areas of weakness. And we like that with God sometimes. We don't like to go to God and ask him for help because it means that we're weak, but he knows that anyway, but we don't want him to know that because then we really feel it. It says in verse 7, so verse 6, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything and tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Verse 7, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. There's a beautiful story in John 5. I'm reading from the New International Version today for those of you who are unsure Um, John chapter 5, it says, Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, this is a really unusual question, do you want to get well? And I've thought about that question a lot because it would kind of seem obvious that if you were an invalid for 38 years and you had a chance of being healed by the great physician that he would ask you the question, Is that what you want? And this morning, Herbie started the service with this idea of expecting something. Do you want it? Do you want to be made well? And then he answers with an excuse. Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred while I'm trying to get in and someone else goes down ahead of me. Isn't that a pattern for us? And then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And at once the man was cured and he picked up his mat and he walked. You see, do you want to be made well requires a lifestyle change. He is now able... He's now able to be responsible. He's able to be accountable. He's able to make a living, to make a change, to make a difference to others. The focus has now shifted from him to someone else. And it was in Naomi's presentation, the focus was not hers. The focus is now on someone else. It was in Kayla's message around communion. The focus now becomes not just on what Christ did, but on us and what we are going to do. I think the Lord is trying to tell us something this morning, church. Do you want to be made well? And I think there are many, many Christians who cannot identify what that blockage is 
or what that distance is. And sometimes you feel far away from God and sometimes you feel rejected by God and sometimes perhaps you don't feel worthy enough to come close to him. And sometimes maybe you know that there's something deep inside your heart that he wants you to do, but you can't get past whatever it is. And everything is wrong. And I want to challenge you this morning, church, to have a good look The Bible says to examine yourself and to see what's going on and to communicate it. If you ask the Holy Spirit to show you, he will, in the most amazing ways. Have you ever asked for patience? (laughs) Tell the Lord what you need. Tell the Lord what you need. If you need anger management, Tell the Lord. If you need love for your spouse, tell the Lord. If you need a job, tell the Lord. If you need to get rid of cynicism, tell the Lord. If you want to grow in the things of the Spirit, tell the Lord. If you want help in an area of sin, tell the Lord. Because He will help you. We find it so hard to ask for help. But we are a broken and sinful people and we need the help of the Holy Spirit. Most of us are like the rest of us. We are all fallen. And there are people who are Christians who are stuck on the silly stuff. Slamming cupboard doors and looking for the attention of the Lord. And can I tell you that's not how we grow. If I go to the doctor and I say, everything is wrong, or I go to the doctor and say, nothing is wrong, could you imagine the look the doctor would give me? He'd be like, you're crazy. But sometimes in our state of frailty, we become like that with God. God, everything is wrong. And I have to have a conversation with Michael when he used to say that. I used to say, oh, am I wrong too? And I used to get my feisty on. I'm like, no, dear. And sometimes because one thing is wrong, we can catastrophize and it affects everything. And if we're going to grow, we've got to deal with the problem. We've got to deal with the problem because a healthy tree, it grows. A healthy tree grows. I'm really bad at pot plants. I kill everything. And I'm just, I don't water too much, I water too little, I don't know, I panic if there's some brown on it and it's not all green and so like I breathe on it (sighs) because, you know, they say talking to plants is good because of whatever's in your mouth, I don't know. (laughs) Forgive me, Matthew, you know exactly what's going on and I've got this, I bought, well, actually when we moved into the house that we were living in, there was this massive black pot in the garden and it was full of dirt. Now massive, it's probably about this high. And it's about this wide and it's this beautiful pot. And I couldn't believe that it was at the house when you got there. So I said to Mike, we are going to take that pot inside and I am going to grow a tree. (laughs) By faith, I'm taking that pot into the lounge room. And you'll see it has this like pride of place. And in it, it has this very small tree. 
and I just want to keep it alive. And so if I see there's like a, a curling up kind of dead leaf, what do I do? I pluck it off and the tree, it seems to like have a little bit of joy and it just sprouts up a little bit and I open the blinds so that there's, uh, so that there's sunlight and I'm kind of getting into the groove of getting it little bits of water and I'm, I'm taking care of the tree so it grows. Can we take care of the tree? so that it grows. And when there's stuff in your life that's dead and it's curling up, you need to get rid of it. And you need to ask the Lord for help. Lord, I need your help. I lay it down. I surrender it to you. You got a bad attitude? Lay it down. Are you cynical? Lay it down. Because we are not going to grow until we begin to identify the things that are stopping us from growing. There's lots of things that kill trees. I've learned a lot Bad management, over water, not enough sunlight. Like there's lots and lots of factors and there's lots and lots of factors that will bring you down. And I want to encourage you this morning, church. Begin to identify what they are and tell the Lord about it. I enjoyed slamming doors because it gave, it, it got the attention of Mike. I must admit. But it wasn't about the betterment of our relationship. It just made me feel better. And we have to be careful that our relationship with God doesn't just exist to make us feel better. The benefits, the peace, his presence, all those things are amazing. But God puts them all into us so that we can affect someone else. Jesus needs us to grow so that we can bring Jesus to others. We need to be specific. Let's be specific with Jesus. Let's let him put his finger on areas of our lives that need to change. Problems that you've carried for a really long time. Mindsets or attitudes that we carry with us. And ask God to change them. We've had a lot of prophecies over our church that we're going to do things differently. That our church will be a little bit different from other churches. And in order for us to have the effect that we really believe God wants us to have in our city, we need to be healthy. We need to be available and willing. And we need to allow him to work in us and through us. So I just want to encourage you, church. Things are happening. Things are happening. God is busy. He's at work. And we've got to be ready. And it's exciting time to be alive. Amen? It is an exciting time to be alive. And uh, and our city needs us. We're not just a church in the city. We're a church for the city. And we need to be healthy. We need to be healthy so that we can reach out to others. So that's it. It's not a complicated, in-your-face talk this morning. It's just a reminder to just stop and have a look inside. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we just thank you that right from the beginning of the service you've been at work. We thank you, Lord, that right from the beginning of time you've been at work. And you've been moving and you've been working and, and it's amazing to be part of what you do. 
And Lord, this morning, we just invite you to come into our hearts and to just point out to us the things that you want to change, the things that you want us to lay down. Lord, if we're looking at our brothers and sisters through a filter of whatever, and it's stopping us from growing, or Lord, if there's a hurt way down deep in our heart that we've been finding really hard to let go, I pray this morning by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would just wash over us again. And I pray, Lord, that you would just refocus us away from ourselves. And Lord, you would give us your perspective of being alive, of being saved, of being whole, so that someone else could be made whole in Christ Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your peace. And we thank you, Lord God, that you love us just the way we are. But Lord, we want to grow. We want to be people who are effective for you. We want to be people who listen. We want to be people who will drop everything and run because of the cause of Christ that dwells in our heart. And so, Lord, I just pray for all those everyday things that might trip us up, that we might stumble on along the way. I pray, Father God, that you would help us to bring those things to you. And you would help make us strong, make us wise in how to deal with situations that would normally make us trip up. Allow us, Lord God, to speak in love. Let your love through, flow through us. May we have so much of you in our hearts, Lord God, that it just overflows. And so, Lord, I just pray this morning over our church, as you are preparing us for another step forward, you are preparing us for a new level of influence. Lord God, you are preparing us for something great. I just pray, Lord God, your fullness over our people, our fullness, Lord God, in their hearts. I just pray we'd be a church that oozes your love and your kindness and your grace. And I pray, Lord God, that we'd have one hand raised to heaven in worship and one hand reaching out, Lord God, to those who need you. Father, we lay down whatever is holding us back. And we determine this morning to keep our eyes focused on you. In Jesus' name, amen.